1: go to bluenile.com and use promo code listen to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more that's code listen at bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase bluenile.com code listen
2: i don't have a i'm a feminist but cuz i tr- i was practicing some on my boyfriend and he was like don't say don't say any of those
0: okay all right well look <laughs> you chip in with any or all including i'm a feminist but my boyfriend told me I'm not allowed to say any of these.
3: That's okay. quite, that is wow, quite a feminist, feminist.
0: He
3: didn't, one. He did one.
0: My boyfriend told me I'm not allowed to share my unfeminist Bart <laughs> is, is the best unfeminist feminist spot I've ever heard.
1: Okay. okay. I must start.
0: I'm a feminist, but tonight I was late for this recording because I was buying scatter cushions online. Wait. Series of scatter Well, I'm so glad you've asked, Alison. Are they this feminists? is feminists? the the like thing. Show- no, should be scatter cushions. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what happened. Easter weekend, Tom and I did a big clear out, spring clean, mm-hmm. and chucked away a lot of stuff because a year in lockdown, a year of not going out, and I get sent a lot of stuff that's you know I love and you know I want and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I, yeah,
3: please don't stop sending that. That's No, what they're saying. No, don't stop <laughs>
0: sending things. But sometimes yeah. I've read the feminist books, or there's too many that I can't read. So my brilliant friend Ellen Jones took a load of books she wants a feminist library or was building her feminist library, and. I just, you know what, I've just been staring at the same four walls for a year. And I I mean, this is not the year to be buying a new sofa. I think we need to be very clear about that as there is very little income coming in. But I just thought I need some, I haven't decorated my flat for 10 years. And I just went, I need some new cushions and maybe some rugs, something bright, something else to look at. And I just, in my fit of organisation, I've bought A new cabinet to organise some stuff. There's some stuff that has no place to go and my bedroom was getting a bit like a landfill. Yeah. So I've really organised. I've bought an organisation cabinet. I've bought a shoe cabinet oh my God, I bought a shoe cabinet that's going to hang on the side of my wardrobe. You open it and inside you can put 15 pairs of shoes so I'm not scrabbling around on the floor like a student. No, I'm not like Carrie Bradshaw now. I open it. No, I'm not. She has a big walk-in wardrobe with shoes floor-to-sitting. I've just got a little cabinet that you pull. It's like a trouser press only when you open it I have
2: up. one. They're amazing.
0: Do, do you? Yeah. It shoes. costs
2: so much divisiveness in the house but I think it's incredible. It looks like it couldn't possibly contain as many shoes as it does,
3: right? And what? And so what, when you say like, was your boyfriend like, this is silly to get? I presume it was it. The device is
2: this- is uh, um bad and ugly and stupid, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's from IKEA, and when I saw it, and I was staying in an Airbnb in Denmark, and I was like, this is how I want to live, uh, and I was just sort of <laughs> trying to copy that. But I imagine yours is dead fancy, Deborah, and
0: made of wood or something. It is made of wood. It's not dead fancy. (laughs) It (laughs) It takes ages to buy things that are ethical, not wildly priced, Mm. can get to you in a reasonable amount of time. My bedroom's got eaves, so I can't fit a lot in. I wanted a bedside table that was also a chest of drawers. And you have to look at literally hundreds to find something that's not going to come in twenty-one weeks. Because by twenty-one weeks, the the chaos will be back. Oh, the chaos! There'll be vaccines for furniture. Like it'd be (laughs) amazing. Twenty-one weeks we're sorted, (laughs) and the chaos will be back. I've got a system right now. I want to get everything into the system so I start using it. So that's what I've been doing, and that's why I was late because I was looking at pink velvet and floral velvet cushions that's right i'm going bold gang
3: <laughs> i'm a
0: feminist
3: but when jedward tweeted today to be a leader and not a little bitch i felt that i uh-huh. want that i want that tattooed on my neck i think it's an amazing saying and i i love jedward so much i just want to say they're treasures i'm they're a feminist treasures.
0: but can i advise you against a neck tattoo
3: what, what, a Jennifer quote neck tattoo, I think, would be great in any business meeting. They'd be like, "Who's that girl?"
0: Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's her stand secret? out? Yeah,
3: I've I just thought this might be
2: a serious thing because I didn't know Alison had a tattoo that covers most of her lower leg till she showed me <laughs> during the podcast. I saw a yes. cute little picture of it on Instagram, and then I saw the actual size of it on the podcast. So now
3: I'm like,
2: is the Jedward thing going to happen? It
3: could. I feel, look, genuinely, be a leader, not a little bitch. It just feels right. It just, uh, Jedward have been woke-based for the past few months. And like, we didn't know. They are uh, pro-trans rights, pro-BLM. They're just amazing boys. They're not just great singers. They're just uh, the best woke-based. And they only follow
2: two people. Oh, no, wait, they only follow 89 people on Twitter, and two of them are me and Alison. So maybe we're like big influences on their views.
0: Really? Is that true? <laughs>
2: yeah. No, and... so Jedward were tweeting quite um, exciting stuff, and I was going to repeat some of it, but I can't.
0: It's yeah, ridiculous. go on. You can. Go on. Yes, you I can. can. Well, they, were,
2: they were tweeting, basically, they were saying about one direction loads of them have been forced to be closeted and stuff not loads of them but it was it backed up a lot of stuff i've read online over the years Turn this
3: massive into blind items
0: online yeah. and stuff what's blind, blind items i don't know what that is
2: oh my god so <laughs> uh, here we go you've tapped in this is uh, <laughs> you would probably love it it's basically um Celebrity blind items is all the stuff that doesn't get printed in the media. So my main interest is uh, secretly gay celebrities and the practice of bearding, where people still have contracts to have fake relationships.
3: I'm a feminist, but the only female food mascot that I actually like is the laughing cow. Uh, Because the rest of the female food mascots I get sexually threatened by. Like, they're just... (laughs) They're just too sexy and I don't I don't think I could have a good time with the green M&M. I don't feel that she'd hold my hair back when I got sick. I feel uh, I feel that a laughing cow would try, even though she's got hooves, but I feel like she's a good time girl. And uh, I don't trust I don't trust a caramel bunny oh, or no. the Chiquita Banana Lady, none of
0: them. None the of caramel them caramel bunny would say I'm not like the other girl bunnies.
3: That's exactly what the she caramel would. bunny would be like. I can't think of any other female food mascot. And I think uh Is it we possible, Alison?
0: Because mm-hmm. you've told us before about your longstanding <laughs> crush on Mr. Tato. The, the Northern Irish, Irish man. The Irish crisp uh, uh <laughs> chap mm-hmm. who's got a face like a potato, but you fancy the Northern Irish one more because he's got a more of a defined jaw. Yes. Chiseled. He's chiseled. Um, Is it possible that you think Green M&M is going to hook up with Mr. Tato and that's where the real jealousy lies? Yeah, it's not actually anything to do with her. It's to do with your love of Mr. Tato and your fears around their burgeoning love, which, frankly, you have no business interfering with because love is love is love.
3: I feel, I feel like the green M&M is like Jolene. She can have any man she wants. She's got two different M&Ms there. You know, the ah, yellow ah, one ah. and the red one. And yeah, I, I feel she would do it just to like, just to make a statement to me, to go like, you could never have him. Even though it's wrong for potato and chocolate to get together. Like it would be an abomination.
0: Oh my God. It would that be. Sounds like something people would say in the 50s. I don't think... <laughs> Yeah, it does. it does. I don't think you could say that. <laughs> Fern Brady do you have any hyperfeminist butts that you'd like to share with the class
2: I did think of one uh, I, I'm a feminist but my teen idol has started following me on Instagram and watches all my stories so I've stopped posting any stories that are honestly me and just started posting ones where I'm all cutie patootie and like yeah. a sort of girly fan. and I hate myself
0: who's the teen idol are we allowed to know
2: you wouldn't have known about him because he's so obscure, but it was the lead singer of a band that I had a shrine to um, in my bedroom. And he now just watches my Instagram stories. And now uh, it's back in my head that we're going to get married. Yeah. I'm Uh, against
3: marriage. That is the the next
2: step. You're against marriage.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but
2: 14-year-old me was like, we're 100% going to get married <laughs> as soon as he gets over the fact that I'm underage. Oh, I think
0: you're safely overage now, Fern Brady. Do
2: you know what the most disgusting thought is? Is that he's seen my comedy? Because I don't want anyone I fancy to have seen my comedy because mm. he's basically like, here's every reason you shouldn't date me. <laughs>
0: Obviously, John Hamm, if you are listening, which you know that I talk about you on this podcast, a few people have told you because they've told me they've told you. If you do regularly listen, which is a possibility, it's all jokes. I'm a very chill person. If you just wanted to go for a drink as friends when you're in London and chat, I would not fangirl. I would be the chillest person you'd ever met. If you did want to invite me to a spa weekend (laughs) in the south of France, I would be chill. I would just go and get a massage. We could just chat, eat some... Baguette. I don't know. Like what the one baguette between you? <laughs> eat, ba- eat some baguette now. Sounds phallic and like an innuendo, and that's not it's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. It's not what I meant, John Ham. It's not what I meant. I just meant chill, be friends. I'm not weird. That's what I meant.
3: Have you done some sort of thing about like ham sandwich, like wanting to be a ham sandwich or anything like that? No, I feel. Yeah, no,
0: I'm I- really classy, Alison. Oh, fair enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's you telling John Ham that, isn't it? You're like. Yeah. Psychically, you're going to John. Don't meet Alison, mate. Like, she'll do sandwich jokes. No, I, listen, meanwhile- you
0: listen. if you get together with John Ham, you're basically the green M&M to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he is Mr. Northern Irish Tato. <laughs> and it's over between us. It's over. I mean, we can't be friends after that. You know how I feel. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh,
0: well, I'm a feminist, but yeah. I decided today I would be happier if I were an interior designer called Charlotte, who didn't know anything about feminism didn't understand anything about injustice and just cared about scatter cushions and interesting textiles with wonderful tactile qualities.
3: So you were making up a new life for you. You were role-playing as someone who didn't care about
0: feminism. I would love to do that. I just, I don't know why I have to have a new name and hashtag all the Charlottes out there who listen to the show. Hello. Welcome. Hashtag not all Charlottes. Oh no, (laughs) obviously not. There's many brilliant Charlottes feminist Charlotte's, but in this scenario, I am an mm. interior designer called Charlotte. I think because I think it's quite a posh name. And yeah. I don't know anything about anything except I know how to drape a fabric. And I'm just not plagued with concern I don't worry about things. I think happiness and contentment would be there, wouldn't it? I mean it'd be privileged. It'd be absolutely privileged.
3: Yeah, but this is a fantasy you're having. So it's I good to having... fantasize. It's true. I rarely
0: <laughs> I rarely fantasize about not being privileged to be honest. <laughs> I, I tend my fantasies go in a more privileged direction, less very rarely a less privileged direction. I'll be yeah. honest.
3: You're not you're not a person in an indie band because they often you know fantasize about being less privileged and then cosplay as like working class people. When I was just actually, thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. the brain. Um, to, they
2: they do that to give because they want their pasts to have some texture and color
3: mm, and richness mm-hmm.
2: to it. They don't want to be poor right now.
0: I'm a feminist, but. My autocorrect is not because earlier I texted the word feminist and it turned it into fem idiot. Wow. Yeah, not inclusive language, firstly, not inclusive language. And secondly, excuse me, it's like turning it into feminazi. I don't think so. I don't think so, iPhone. I don't think also, by the way, I've had this iPhone for the whole of lockdown and it still half the time doesn't recognise my face with yeah. my glasses on. Every time it happens, I think, if you don't know me by now, <laughs> you etc.
3: You always have to take off your glasses looking into your phone like you're shocked at that. You know, in action films where there's an explosion in the distance or there's a big dinosaur eating the skyline. You have to go like. like oh, that. yeah, that's what I'm doing with my phone all the time is taking it off in shock. I'm a feminist, but I hate the saying there's a place in hell for women who don't help other women because I don't like some other women and I don't want to help them. And I should feel <laughs> okay about that, I feel. It's not real funny, but that's how I feel. You know? No, I understand I want to go to hell.
0: <laughs> well, also, whenever they say there's a special place in hell, I think, oh, is it like a VIP room?
3: Like yeah. it sounds
0: a special place in hell sounds better than just a place in hell. like. <gasps> I know it's meant to sound like a worse place, but it sounds to me special.
3: Maybe that's because you and the person you're not helping are both going to hell and they want to keep you separate. You know, they don't want it to be awkward in hell. They want you to be tortured, but they don't want, like, social awkwardness. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> love the idea that the devil's worried about the seating plan.
3: Yeah, I would be if <laughs> I was plasma. the devil.
0: <laughs> um... From a variety of bedrooms and kitchens via Zoom, the Spontaneity Shop presents the Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Alison Spittle, and our very special guest, Fern Brady, talking about embarrassment.
1: Woo!
0: <laughs> yeah! This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White, with me is Alison Spittle, and we are talking about embarrassment. I'm going to cut straight to the guest because it seems... Yeah. Like, there's no point talking about this without our guest. Our guest today is a comedian and writer who has appeared on countless TV and radio shows, including The Russell Howard Hour Al- and Live at the Apollo. In 2020, she and fellow comedian Alison Spittle started a podcast for the BBC called Wheel of Misfortune. One of my favourite podcasts. So Thank funny you. that once I was having my makeup done yeah. by a makeup artist for a TV show. Not to brag, but I was. Unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> We had to turn it off because we could not get the job done. We I was laughing and she was laughing, so my face was moving and her hand was moving, and I was really in danger of some very shoddy eyeliner. So we literally had to pause it. Also, the guardian recently asked me, what is your funniest podcast? Because we're doing a list of funniest, party, funny, funny podcasts. I said, Well, Mill of Misfortune by Fern Brady and Alison Spittle. I said, she said, You can't have that. Someone else has already said it first.
1: Ooh. Yes. yes, we heard about that. <laughs> That's you. right, my friend.
0: That's right, my friend. So I went with the, okay, I'm a feminist, but I went with Zach Braff and Donald on show, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I find it really funny. I'm sorry. It reminds me of a simpler time. Please welcome the incredible Fern Brady. Woo! Hi. I'm so happy you're here.
2: Zach Braff seems like a lovely man, though.
0: I just I just should recommend, if I've given an opportunity to The Guardian, I should recommend a woman's podcast or a, a, a podcast of a person of a minority gender. But they asked for funniest podcast. I said you guys, and then they said no, and I panicked. And I said, also, okay, He's I'm not- a feminist, but I've recommended it in the press a few times. Fake Doctors, Real Friends by Zach Braff and Donald Faison. Partly because I think eventually they're going to notice. They're going to go, who's this person who's always recommending us, who also mm. seems to be very glamorous in Britain and well-known, we should invite her on as a guest. Yeah. And then probably when yeah. they come over, when the pandemic's done, we'll probably all have dinner. He goes out with Florence Pugh. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be great. I think but, they I feel think... like a, they've got a good vibe. I feel like, you know, we'd all get on.
2: Zach Braff goes out with Florence Pugh. Yeah, right.
0: yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. We well, see it in in a blind item, is it? They're public about it. It's
2: like, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But isn't Zach Braff like fifty? Or yeah,
0: yeah. It has it's been so commented odd. on that he's like, I think he's like forty-six, and she's twenty-six or something like that. So, yeah, I think it has. It hasn't gone unnoticed. But we're cutting. I'm a feminist, but we're cutting that part out because otherwise, he's not going to invite me for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, oh, John
2: John Ham's going out with like a thirty two year old or something.
0: Oh, really?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I've a chance then. I'm thirty one. This... <laughs> I with? I do like him. Hold on. Who is he just... going out with? Oh, Devon's googling this in real well, time. Well, because he
2: was going, he was going out with um that w- the same woman for a long time for like twenty years from
3: Kiss and Jessica Stein.
2: She yeah, was in a. Did you see that? He film? was always in blind items for having a big willy and being a drunk.
0: <laughs> what a
2: wonderful oh, combination.
0: <laughs> Osceola. And, and Osceola. she on her as well. That's right. I remember this now. She had a, a small, very small part of the last episode ever of Mad Men. Um, oh. Yeah. As a receptionist, a hippie receptionist. Yes. And now they're. She looks nice. She's <laughs> 32. He's 49. I think that's fine.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's hard to judge. If I I, I don't see why you wouldn't go out with Jon Hamm or Zach Braff if you're like over 18 I mean, yeah, the,
2: I'm just thinking, sorry, I still think of myself as 20 and think of older men going out with me as dodgy, but I'm just thinking now the older you get, it's kind of irrelevant.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't go out with Woody Allen, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good if I for went out nice. with
2: a 50-year-old now, that would be okay. I'm 34.
0: Yeah. It I mean, be I would be socially acceptable. Yeah. It would I'm be lovely to if men it did it go to out you. with women in their age group. That would be a nice thing, but they're not going to. So let's not hope for it. What I love about your podcast is you just put it all out there. What I think it is very good at is you tell your own embarrassing stories on theme of the week. You get your listeners to voice note in their embarrassing stories. And then you have a guest on. I did an embarrassing story. It's just so funny and just so joyful. And what I love about it is it's sort of like shame releasing. So the whole idea of I'm a feminist, but is exfoliate the guilt before it becomes shame because shame is luggage that you have to carry in the body. And if you have got guilt about something, it doesn't actually matter. It's just let it go, expel it, exfoliate it. You're exfoliating shame at a much greater rate than I am. You're penetrating it. Like- it's an acidic feel. It's a real acidic peel. You'd have to go to a licensed practitioner <laughs> to do what you're doing with shame. It wouldn't be okay. Just It's not at home, just a bit of grainy stuff that you bought boots, like it's proper. I really do see the value in it. I see the benefit in going, I'm human, you're human. Very bad, embarrassing things have happened to me. I've done things that, I feel ashamed of. I've done things I've never told anyone, things that I've seen things, things that have happened to me. Mm. I said things, like all of those cringy things. It's so human. And I think, I've thought for a while that the next stage of feminism is to access the libidinous, lazy, fighting, fucking, feeding human being deep down inside each woman. Like, Mm. But that's what I think the appeal of Fleabag was really, was she was unapologetically female and feminine, but it was like the roaring depths, the sort of fight, fuck, feed part of the woman that is human. So it's humanity first and identity second. And I think it's sort of similar stuff that you're accessing on your show. What made you want to come up with it?
3: I don't want to talk in front of you for it and go like, this is what I think it's about. But what I love about my relationship with Fern and... Our friendship was kind of built on this feels I like can commodify in our friendship, but we are for a podcast. <laughs> like, we are. I've is.
2: avoided telling Alison a story because we're going to do
3: it tomorrow on the yeah. podcast. It's so like before our voice notes were much more freer and we would say stuff straight away to each other. But now that we have a podcast together, our relationship has changed. And uh, I think that'd be a cool thing to talk about on this podcast, because I feel like we've never been interviewed at the same time. About our podcast before It's kind of us Either one of us just we Oh which one?
2: We had a couple of Shite ones Oh yeah yeah This is a good one
3: This is (laughs) like So this is why I think Myself and Fern Like doing our podcast together Or I think we're a good fit It's weird that The Wheel of Misfortune is one of the only things that I can properly say that I'm very proud of, and I think is a good podcast. I think it's a good product, and it's something that you know me and her have come up with with each other, and it feels like I've ownership on it, and I'm proud of it, and I like that. How long are we friends for? I'd say about like
2: four Um, years. I think I met. No, wait. For my first Edinburgh show was 2015, and you had tickets. And I, I didn't got come. you some tickets and you didn't come, so that yes. was when I first sort of met you, I think. Got off and then we were in cream in Dublin
3: or
0: something. <laughs> we've yeah. all done that at the Edinburgh Festival, though. We've all um, bought tickets yeah, for someone's show and not come. And
3: hers is on at noon. Like it was very early. Yeah, it's but never going to happen.
0: The best intentions. Yeah. People drink too much at the Edinburgh Festival to wake up and up. be at a show at noon. I fecked up there. She's very
2: fast because she doesn't even know me. <laughs> That's true. That's. But like... Did you
0: take a free ticket, Alison? Yes, I did. I'm yeah. bad.
2: For... So I'm like, sold
0: bad, out. Deborah. It was sold out. Yeah. So... Wow. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but. It was a
3: 40 year.
0: We haven't got over, over that quickly. It's still held. <laughs> but, um... I'm, I, see, I think Fern's really let it go.
2: No (laughs) grudges. I really hold on to grudges and I recall (laughs) them as if they were yesterday. It's awful. (laughs) But anyway, this is why I think it's good, because we've laugh about a lot of dark things, like when um we've had like deaths or stuff in the family, uh we laugh about it and like really dark stuff. And wretchedness is really funny. I just think human wretchedness is funny. Yeah, but I mean, I've I've got to the point where I've had to pretend that we're not recording so that I can get the stories out. Like I did. There's one out in a recent one. I said something about Adrian Childs and it's not even it's not dirty or anything. <laughs> um, something happened with him. Um, what episode was that?
3: That was that was Celebrity so Cringe. So what had happened, you met Adrian Childs. He was really nice, but it was something at the back of your head. He was really that kept,
2: kind.
3: Yeah. Like, he sounds amazing. I would love to be Adrian Johnson. He was so kind. He got...
2: Sorry,
3: what were you gonna say? But my dad is all the time like because my dad's a West Bromwich Albion fan, and Adrian Charles is a West Bromwich Albion fan, and Frank Skinner is a West Bromwich Albion fan, and he keeps going to me like, "Why aren't you meeting up with these people? They could help your career. You both support the same football team." And I'm like, "It's not like that, Dad. Like they can't <laughs> help me this way." Well, look,
2: I don't want to repeat that Adrian Charles thinks it because he he will he'll find out about it, yeah. and I said that on the pod because i'm in this cupboard i thought it won't go out on the bbc and it's safe and then it did go in the edit and now i'm not gonna get to go to his house in croatia because he because he like gave me his number and was like if you're ever in croatia
3: like you will you will because like i can't the thing i did was too bad but all you did was say what a nice person he was all the time like so you did an article years ago referring to adrian child's as not good looking that was the thing you said that if a person if a woman looked like adrian child's or the equivalent that she Mm -hmm. wouldn't get on television the same way that adrian child's would and that's just making a point about feminism and the patriarchy and stuff that's not going i'm sure adrian Charles would agree with you i'm telling you now i think He's a good man and he will
0: let you go to his uh his second home in Croatia. <laughs> so basically he invited you to his holiday house and now you're worried that he's gonna find out that you wrote years ago if a woman looked like Adrian Charles, she'd never be allowed on the telly.
2: So I was sitting doing the radio with him and I was like, what's the bad thing? What did, bad thing did I do to Adrian Charles? Because I haven't met him. And he was like, here, friend, have another non alcoholic beer by the way, I love your stand-up. And he starts referencing specific parts so he wasn't, like, lying. And I was like, he's such a deeply good person. And then he, like, walked me back to my hotel after, not in a weird way, and he was like, here's my number, if you're ever in Croatia. And I was like, fuck! I fucking wrote an article saying that he was minging and, like, no one would get on telly if there were a woman that looked like Adrian Childs.
0: Do you know what? I would also feel awkward about... Accepting his hospitality in his Croatian mansion. However, (laughs) had I written that, however, I don't think you were just doing sort of trolling Adrian Charles. You were saying there's a double standard, and he was an example of that double standard. I think he would agree with you that it was unlikely he that because most female presenters are stereotypically attractive, and there's a sort of limited band of beauty for female presenters, and there isn't for male presenters. So I think it's fine. And Adrian Childs. If you're listening, I would love you to be the bigger person and reiterate to Fern Brady that she can <laughs> not no. just come to your Croatian mansion, but she can invite friends there and have it for a week when yes. lockdown's over. And, it, in fact, she should bring some guilty feminist friends along.
3: I would
2: like to go we'll his retreat. Yes. His girlfriend's the editor, Kath Viner, the editor of The Guardian. She definitely listens to this podcast.
0: She's well, been perfect. on it. She's great, Kathana. She's been on the podcast. We did a whole yeah. episode about The Guardian and supported The Guardian. And the slogan The Guilty Famous came up with is you have to pay for a free press. So, why wasn't I invited to their Croatian house?
3: This is it. This is the. That's my question. <laughs> if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, Kath Beiner,
0: disappointed not to have an invitation to the Croatian house. This is how you turned the We demon. should have used
3: another
2: example from the
0: podcast. <laughs> okay, use another example. What stories have you told or of other people told that really stand out for the you? The sex
3: one, I well... think, Fern. <laughs> the sex one. Go so on. The, the, the story the friend had told, it was you your eyes closed. I, it was like you were giving birth and I had to hold your hand. And I was like, it's fine for it's okay you can say it
2: <laughs> tell the
3: story well, go on but also to explain
2: our, our sound edit, I like love Irish guys in a way that's like I would say fetishistic and insulting <laughs> to them and um the way our I am like sound you potato- edit, oh, it's fine it's fine I go out with one and every time I remember he's Irish it's like a prize and like he hates that I can't help it though It's what it's really wired into me but anyway Our sound engineer... Oh, this is going to sound like I'm a creep to Jacques now. Our sound engineer is a really lovely Irish guy. And he's normally quite, like, straight-faced. But on the day we did the sex episode, he was like, how are you, Fern? And really, like, smiley and nice. And I was like, don't be nice to me because I want to tell this horrible story. And I have this thing, like I said at the top of the episode, I don't like to be stand-up Fern in front of, like, fit. People, I want to be like cutie patootie, Fern, and be like, oh, oh me, oh, I don't eat. Like the first date I went on with my boyfriend, he said I ordered this like dieters 500 calorie pizza that had a hole in the middle, so it had less calories. Uh. I was like, why did you do all that stuff? Because people don't care about that. So I really will do things like that in front of
0: men. Mm. I hate it. Anyway. You've been conditioned, socially conditioned to do it, Fern.
2: I you it, we her. all
0: have. We all have. We all fight that instinct to be like Exactly.
3: Oh,
2: well, just I me. mean, I really do want to bit. Up.
0: So tell us the story. <laughs> so you
3: want me to so it's about bad sex. I would say because we're well, both, I was trying to have good sex. Yeah. That's
0: do you, you want me I to happened. say it for yeah,
2: it? Yeah, sorry, you say it. You sure? Okay. So <laughs> I feel <laughs> I was trying to have good sex, and I if you Clench your pelvic floor muscle. That's like good, right? Yeah, that's a good thing to do. And I, but I was stoned at the time, so I was trying to clench my pelvic floor muscle, and I farted in a guy's face when he was
1: going (laughs) 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 I (laughs) I need to go on further.
2: When I told my boyfriend. He's, he said, don't use me on your material. And I was like, I don't need you. <laughs> I, said, I, don't, I said, I've never done it to you. He was like, yeah,
3: yeah. Oh! <laughs> So listeners at home. It's been a, home. a bit the- <laughs> What I love about that story is that like, it's like, it's like you're jumping off a phone, and you're going, like, two steps really slow and then you have to really run for it, so you're like, I it in his mouth, like, like that. <laughs> it's always so quick. It's like, so it's kind of become a muscle, and then I burned it in his mouth when he
0: went down on me. It's like you're bombing it in a- I'm sorry Deborah no no I'm coping I'm coping I'm a feminist uh, but I'm coping I'm just about coping with this story I don't like scatology of any sort I can't help it. I want to be better at this. Sorry. I want to be better at this. It's patriarchal conditioning that I'm not allowed to laugh at this. But
3: I swear down, I swear down. Like the thing about the thing about farting during sex. it's like it is it is a worse nightmare. Is like, you know what I mean? And it's so possible. Every time it's more possible than a shark attack. Yeah. yeah I'm as afraid that's almost certainly true yeah (laughs) fighting during sex is definitely more possible than a a shark attack but yeah I treat the both both of them like similarly like if I think about that it fills my heart with fear you know I'm just like no no I can't this is Paige the co-host of Giggly Squad and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June Olive and June gives you
0: But see, that's an example of something that it is quite feminist to talk about, I think, because that will have happened to a lot of people. A lot of people have that fear, but mm. nobody nobody wants to, like, talk about it. So it's like, if it happens to you, you think, I'm the only person this has ever happened to because I've never heard about it. Yeah. Um, what's <laughs> your favourite story, Alison, for the podcast that you've told? Well, the, I think, like, the worst story I to tell was,
3: like, this week, Fern, what about periods? Like, because I've been such a, like, i don't know as a woman you're brought up never to talk about periods i kind mm. of i kind of feel weird about the whole period thing that you have to pretend you don't have them you know you have to mm. sort it and you have to like hide it from people and it's all like, like you're wiping away tears for it i love it no, <laughs> i was just
2: gonna say i feel like the friends that we have now i feel like we are bad people for not using moon cups but i don't want to use one
3: no, that's, a, yeah, that's a, like, there's a lot of, uh, so the period, the period episode came out and there's a lot of, we had to do an extra episode on periods because the bad sex, we had so many voicemails on just um period, period sex. sex. Period
0: sex. Period and, sex is its own whole thing.
3: Yeah. There's this voice note we get in about this woman having sex with, and she had a moon cup in it. And uh, I've never... I've never liked the imagery that comes up as crazy, but I, it
2: was amazing. But
3: when I was telling my story and I don't think it is even necessarily like that embarrassing or that crazy, but it is something that like I've compartmentalized fully down into me. It's like there are levels of shame and levels of embarrassment that feel cathartic to talk about. But there are some bits that are just so that you've pushed down so much, like like fern and the farting thing. Ah. Uh, You know, genuinely, that it feels like physically hard to take it out. Like I couldn't even look at fern, and it was just about, and it only happened to be like two months ago. I was like on a shoot, and I was I knew I was on my period, and I fully like I double bagged it. I you know I was protected. I had a tampon and like I can't even say it on a pad.
0: (laughs) Right, that's okay. I'm a, I didn't, woman.
3: a d- I didn't know that was a thing. What d- double bagging it? Like to, yeah, I'm so
2: clueless. What's
0: double bagging it?
3: Well, that's when someone puts on two condoms It's a pretend okay. bit of slang. I thought it might be that, but I wanted
0: to just clarify. Yeah. I think it's in the song.
3: I like the way you work it. No diggity.
0: I got it. Oh, I yes, know. it is. Yeah, we I talked about, we talked about the was... lyrics okay. to that one day double backing. Yes, we did on the podcast. We talked about it.
3: Let's pretend they were talking about period protection. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like the way you menstruate. <laughs> so, but
1: uh, no diggity, <laughs>
3: no diggity. Um, so I went to the <laughs> shoot I'm just like, I'm burning up though, and I feel it's my duty to say it because Fern has been so kind to say her one, and like, mm-hmm. uh, um, and like, I wish. OK, so it's so I was there and it was a COVID compliant shoot. So there wasn't that many people there. There was only two chairs and I sat in a chair and I felt fully confident. Deborah. I was like, I, you know, I'd made myself a flask of tea, sandwiches. I was fully prepped for that, that day. It was my professional duty. Anyway, got up off the chair and there it was uh, like just just It was like the shroud of Turin, just a big stain left on the director's chair. Now, there's about eight people on this shoot and two chairs. And I put I ran, I I ran, I sorted myself out and the toilet. I left my coat on the thing to cover it, came back, coat was gone. Right. It was just
2: there.
0: (laughs)
1: No.
3: All through the shoot. I kept trying to cover it. I got hand sanitizer. I got like a half a litre of hand sanitizer. I was trying to wash it off, and each time I covered it up with a coat, came back, it was gone. And uh, I ended up having to tell the producer lady because I just didn't want, I didn't, it's very hard when you tell someone that you've stained their furniture with menstruation. With your vagina. Yeah. It's very
0: tricky, that conversation. Yeah,
3: you're putting your life into their hands. You're like, I'm giving you this piece of information. Now you could go and tell everyone about this or you could be the bigger person and keep this to you. And also like, you know, I'm sorry, but this is not my first rodeo. Like, I just feel that 31, I should not be imprinting myself on stuff. I it's feel such it's a, a real telltale mark as well. It is. It like, really is. You could is. have done
0: a real I'm a feminist and I freebleed thing.
3: what at your covid compliant shoot i've decided to
0: free bleed (laughs) (laughs) you know who you've hired (laughs) my brand is quite
3: clear yeah could you imagine that on a blind items if i ever got famous enough to be like Alison Spittle, free bleeds everywhere (laughs) i feel like you would handle
2: it very elegantly deborah and just be like and people, it would just be
3: okay.
2: You yeah, render. how you handle? If I
0: free bled? No, no, no. I would be tempted to walk away, I think. I would be tempted just to, but I don't know. I don't know what I would do. But the right thing to do is what you did, is to go to the producer and go, I'm really sorry, there's been an accident. Someone was killed. The police have come in. They've dealt with the body. The homicide is being dealt with. You don't need to worry about that. I've handled that. The only evidence of this death now is there's some blood on that chair, but I'm sure you can sort that out. You're the producer. That's the right thing. Even as I started to say the right thing to do, I lied. I lied in my example of the right thing to do, because I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Yeah, it's that. There's it's, been a homicide of a very of an elf or a leprechaun, or. a pixie, some <laughs> small person. And the the, the don't worry, the the, the the authorities are handling it, but in the meantime could we get a new chair for the director because there's some elfin blood on it?
3: And quite a lot of hand sanitizer as well. And I was like, I think the people must have known as well because I was like having conversations with people and just scrubbing like mad, Just go, oh yeah, it's great to be out, you know? And just, I was like old time washerwoman kind of thing, just like scraping it with my knuckles. It was oh horrible. Yeah. See, so you know, that's another or, example
0: or- of, I think... It's This podcast is so funny, but I, I I do think talking about these embarrassing stories, there's a value in it. There is a genuine feminist value in it. The one that I had to stop the podcast because of the laughing was Siobhan McSweeney, who's done this podcast before. She's been on it. She plays um, Sister Michael in Derry Girls, and she now does host the Pottery Throwdown. She's a very, very funny person in general. But on your podcast, most people on Wheel of Misfortune will go, so when I was a teenager this happened yeah. or when I was <laughs> at university I got so drunk I, I did X, Y and Z. Siobhan comes on and goes, so it was that interim period of lockdown where we were allowed out for like six weeks to go into a bar but only with for business or something like that. And she went, so last Wednesday I was like, what?! last Wednesday no this isn't the game the game is I was young I was foolish youth is wasted on the young I didn't know what I was doing I'm a different person now I've grown I've changed I've evolved and she went basically said last Wednesday I went out with a friend he said I've got to get up and get on the Eurostar in the morning so I cannot have a late one I can't have a messy one but I was celebrating a job and I was like all right all right and he kept saying it like I was the problem and so I was so annoyed with how he was going, I know what you're like, you'll keep me out. Hmm. That Every time he we went to the bar, I ordered another bottle of wine and another really pernicious cocktail, basically, out of a sort <laughs> of rebellious spite that, like, stop going on, stop saying I'm the one that leads you astray. As if to prove his point, she kept getting more and more booze. <régling> <andepsutorial. laughs> Until eventually... <clears throat> even the was <laughs> so drunk. They started chatting to a man... And he said, What do you do? And she said, I'm a school teacher. And her friend turned to her like, You're not. Um she was just so drunk. And then out of nowhere, a teenager came up, obviously a dairy girls fan, and went, I really love you so much. Can I get a selfie with you? And this man must have been thinking, wow, she must be a brilliant teacher if her students ask for selfies. And she said yes, and she then she just fell off. This, I might be telling this wrongly, but she just, my memory is she just fell off the bar stool and rolled.
1: And rolled around.
2: She rolled out of the bar and she rolled through Soho like a barrel,
1: was her words. And I,
0: it's hard to explain why it was funny, but it was. When she got home, the her friend was with her and he was going, shit, shit. It was like six o'clock in the morning or something. He'd lost his phone. He'd lost his Eurostar ticket, which was on the phone. He was like, oh, no, I meant to go to Paris, blah, 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 blah. And she just said something like, oh, you'll be grand or something like that. Something very Irish. Yeah. What did she say? Something, say something Irish, Alison, that, uh, that you might say in that circumstance. I'd say you'll be grand as the Irish. I'd say that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so can I try? I'm going to try that. You'll be grand. That's perfect. That's, that's better than Emily Blunt. That's and, then, <laughs> and then she said, I woke up in the morning, face down on my bed, my coat still on, but nothing else. It was like, it was like <laughs> naked, but a bag. I think a bag was, a was handbag, strapped over bag, her body. nothing else. That's it. Yeah, handbag, yeah, yeah. She, a handbag strapped over her body, nothing else. And I just, I was in tears laughing at the idea of Siobhan rolling out of a bar, keeping a friend from like a job, like, and because he'd gone, I'm not going out with you because of this. No, it's one quick drink to celebrate my success. We were
2: crying, laughing that episode. she's still the funniest. Yeah, her and
0: Lottie from Bake Off. Lottie's like a comedian. I love Lottie from Bake Off. I haven't heard that episode. Please tell us what did Lottie from Bake Off say. It was all about tattoos.
3: So we're doing (gasps) a tattoo episode. And like just the choices that Lottie has made over the years has been hilarious. And she, because she's a fan she of seems the podcast, so cool. Yeah, yeah, she's so cool. But she kind of got she got it straight away. Like it's great to have guests like yourself and people that like have listened to the podcast and they kind of like know the vibe of it, you know. And she she was on the vibe. Uh, like she's an amazing guest to get. She's a fan of the podcast, so she like DM'd me, and I
2: was like, holy shit. Yeah, and, uh, but she oh. just seems so cool. but yeah, her her tattoos are really really what were her, her tattoos. <laughs> she 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 did uh, like incubus. She's got an incubus tattoo. It's an
3: incubus lyrics, but they're like the wrong lyrics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and she yeah. doesn't
2: even like the band that much. She's got like a Werewolf or a female werewolf yeah. tattooed
0: on her. Really Beware of the Jedwood sayings. Don't, mm. don't tattoo yourself with Jedwood tweets. I I'll really feel like it's going to date. I'm going to give myself a cool enough period of two weeks. All right. And I'll see if I feel the same way. But I mean, be a leader, not a little bitch. Right, uh, now listen, un-feminist. I know it's a feminist. Right. I know. I know you're going to get this tattoo, but I'm going to say two things. One is Jedward tweets are going to date to the yeah. pandemic year, yeah, and you may not want to remember this year for the rest of your life so That's prominently. True. Number two, if you are going to get it, can I beg you to get it sort of on like on your ankle or or like a little inside of the arm or even even or a lower or back, a, journal. a lower but back. I'm going to get would... a Jedward lower back tattoo. Can I you... imagine. I, I'm I'm begging you not to get it on your neck. I don't want to be your mum, Alison Spittle, but somebody has to. If your mum is not informed, because I bet your mum would say absolutely not, absolutely not. She'd be very against it. She'd be very against it. I'm going to bring your mum and tell her. (laughs) Alison's going to get a Jedward tweet tattoo. That is the worst idea I or anyone has ever heard. I'm, maybe it's because I've just drank a lot of apple juice and I'm out of it is a sugar high, but it just feels it it feels right. Feels so right. It does. It feels so right. Can you mm. tell us some of the embarrassing stories that listeners have sent in?
3: Oh, the listener voice notes. It's my favorite bit of the podcast because like we get to hear like the different kind of people that listen to our podcast and they're very different from each other. They're very different from each other. It's just, it's just amazing. But you must get discovered with like the good feminist when people contact you from like loads of different places and we, do, it's kind of weird because I felt that like because I, I, I know this sounds weird but because I'm Irish and Fern and Scottish and we do a lot of like, a lot of our stuff is like local references I feel to stuff. I didn't know that we would get the international listenership that we've got so far from the voice notes
2: yeah we've got someone in argentina who's using the podcast to learn english and someone else in russia who's using it to learn english (laughs) don't think that's a good
0: idea i don't mean to be a naysayer (laughs) that's as good idea as having a jedward tweet to neck tattoo don't listen to your podcast to learn english it's full of filth Can you
3: imagine the Duolingo with our sentences in it? Somebody asked me today, by the way, on Instagram, what is a queef? Because we spoke about it on the podcast and they didn't know what a queef was. They're so lucky not to know. I know. So I had to then type. I've never felt that this would be part of my job where I had to type what a queef was. Like I'm Susie Dent in Dictionary Corner.
0: Like, I, I saw her, um like filthy susie dent like a filthy susie dent
3: yeah like a filthy susie dent going queef i believe it's the latin or whatever you know <laughs> yeah, well we should tell this is the um
2: one of my favorite ones recently is the one in the episode out today about periods this girl was having sex with another girl and uh it was her period the girl who sent in the message and um she was like, she was really well spoken. And she was like, this is quite saucy, but I was on all fours. And uh, the girl who was fingering her said something went wrong. And basically like the suction from her moon cup, it sort of dislodged or something. And uh, the girl who she was having sex with was like, I think something's wrong. So or listener turned over, and as she did, did the biggest queef, and blood sprayed across the room. <laughs> oh. And she was like, "I don't know what kind of lesbian doesn't know what a queef is," but the girl she was having sex with said, "Go and do your farts over there." <laughs> it
3: just like, make her go stand in a corner. That's yeah. That's a lot to unpack. I mean, the imagery number one, and a very something weird about doing this on a guilty feminist as well. Because like it feels, I don't know, I, I love the listenership that I'm on. But yet like when we do our, it's like we're showing other people our dirty little secrets or something like that. It feels,
0: do you know what I well, mean? I mean, it's all out on the Guilty Feminist tonight. I love it. I love it. I love the <laughs> fact that. I mean, this is the stuff we actually don't talk about on The Guilty Feminist because of my squeamishness. And actually, oh, is it Oh, my... I didn't
2: know. Sorry. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. I'm just saying I run the tone of this show and I would never go there because I, oh, I feel okay. uncomfortable. <laughs> But I love that you do because what I'm saying it's the missing piece of feminism that I am not serving the public. I mean, there are many missing pieces of well, feminism I'm not serving do the know, public. Do you know what I don't think th- I'm, I don't think it's the exclusive piece, but it's a piece of feminism <laughs> where I go. I I'm like the queen. I don't go to the loo. But
3: we're not your well, shame. Like the the thing is like. You know, when there's other people who are just like, I don't feel shame about this and I don't feel like shame about that. I'm full of shame. Like this physically hurts me to listen about it or talk about it. But <laughs> it, like it does. And it's so like... It's, it's, it's a very
2: Catholic podcast. Basically. It's a very
3: Catholic podcast. I mean, we've spoken about St. Bernard. <laughs> like, Who's St. Bernard? St. Bernard is this like... He's my favourite saint. One of his miracles consisted of him... Praying, and then the Virgin Mary appeared to him and lactated into his mouth. Like, that's the oh, thing that she that's did. Right. And the depictions of it, like in um, art, have been amazing because they don't want to show like a mouth up to a nipple because they would feel that that's overly sexualized. I've so seen just- pictures
0: of him there. Have you seen pictures of it? Oh, it's yeah. Like, There's paintings, Renaissance paintings and stuff of him. Yeah, absolutely.
3: She's like a super soaker. <laughs> I love it. Like I find it. So like, yeah, we. I think it's that weird Catholic guilt that we have that like, and I think I've said this many times before, but this half the time, I don't know whether, like sometimes I have to assess myself and go to myself, am I mentally ill or is this the residual Catholicism in me? Like that is a question I say to myself all the time. It's hard. I feel like we're kind of free. We're freeing ourselves of shame, but we're not quite free. Would you agree with that, Fern?
2: Well, I was going to say, in terms of talking about the Catholic stuff again and the saints, I I did some coursing about um, the way women were depicted in uh, stories of the saints. I think this was at uni. And they would always make a point of when female saints got cut they would uh bleed they didn't bleed uh just milk would come out because they were so pure so we're kind of undoing all of that by having these queef period blood stories you
3: were (laughs) demilking well it's
2: no coincidence (laughs) that the most popular episode because i think some people have been like oh they just delight in all this disgusting stuff but
3: we the daily mail do an article about us and that felt so strange the, well, to have even, the Daily a Mail positive, complain about it.
2: But I do think there should be more... Um, well, because women are so ashamed of their bodily functions and obsessed with being clean and nice, so... Yeah, What what weirds me
3: about the Daily Mail is that they go on about... Or, like, you know, often you hear free speech defenders go on about, like, how you can't say anything in comedy anymore. But yet, when we're being attacked by a right-wing newspaper about, you know, the subjects that we talk about. They were saying, what was it? Because we did an episode on poo and they were like, this is puerile. And so And I feel like it wouldn't be, we we wouldn't be known as puerile if we weren't women. And it just, Mm. it's very strange, the silence from the community of people that believe in freedom of speech with comedy. They keep quiet about that sort of stuff. They keep quiet Mm. when a national paper calls out a small podcast. And I know it's on the BBC, but like yeah. they were they were trying to say that license fee payers are paying for this
0: pure Isle stuff, and it's like we're just doing a podcast that's entertaining. And uh, I mean, it's excruciatingly funny and like pant wettingly. <laughs> I mean, I've got embarrassing stories about listening to your podcast and wetting myself. <laughs> that's the irony. I'm looking at some of your themes recently, and they're trying mm. to come up with stories that I would tell if I was on this episode. So, celeb oh, please, shame. This is. I celeb shame with well. Tom Allen. Yeah. I don't know what story Tom Allen told, but this would be my celeb shame. I met Ed Miliband at a party. Yeah. And he said, and if you're a global listener, he used to be uh Labour Party leader and he didn't win the election and then resigned as Labour Party leader. So I met him at a party and he said, he was introduced to me and he was like, Oh, I really love your podcast, The Guilty Feminist. And I was like, Oh, thank you so much. And I, I also enjoy your podcast, Ed Miliband reasons to be cheerful just his podcast and I said um what's your main job now what do you do for work and he went I'm still an MP (laughs) and I went of course you are of course you are and he went no that's what everyone says. They think I'm not an MP anymore just because I'm not the leader of the Labour Party. I went, no, no, no. It's just that, um, it's just that Tories always resign from the whole thing if they're not going to be, you know, important. Not that you're not important, Ed Meliband. You are important. <laughs> but I, I said, you know, often Labour MPs will stick around, won't they? Won't they, Ed Miliband? And he went, yes, I'm still an MP. And then, like, Four minutes later, after me saying this and backpedaling massively, like beep, 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 this truck is reversing. Four minutes later, four minutes later, he just went, well, it's my bedtime, I'd better go. And I was like, oh, well, night, night, an hour and a half later, I saw him talking to someone else at the party. Ah, that's brutal. Oh, Fern,
2: oh, my God. I wish you'd been
0: able to do that
2: on the podcast. This This is the thing of trying to capture all the best stories.
0: This is great that we get a second chance at this. Fern, is there anything else you came to say that you did not get to say?
2: Absolutely. I have a stand-up special on iPlayer called Power and
0: Chaos. Please watch it. Great. It's on iPlayer, Power and Chaos. And follow Fern Brady in all the regular ways. Are you Fern Brady on everything? I'm at Fern from Bathgate on Instagram and at Fern Brady on Twitter. Great. So follow Fern and please subscribe to the podcast. It is genuinely brilliant. And it it helps me talk about these things more and laugh about these things more because I... I think I'm quite repressed, and I feel like a Jane Austen heroine. Yeah, he's very repressed; it's all shut up. And I'm then I, with you guys, I'm able to laugh about it, and yeah. it's so good. It's so good to be able to kind of laugh and be ridiculous. Fern Brady, everybody, Bye. thank you. Bye. Hello, guilty feminists. This is Deborah. Now, like a lot of people, we are deeply concerned about the UK policing bill and what it means for all of us in this country. The part we're focusing on is the clamp down on protests, which will mean that the police can warn protesters that they're being noisy and annoying, which is kind of the definition of a protest, and then make arrests if protesters don't comply or don't hear. I mean, that's really the same thing as saying it will be illegal to protest about anything ever. We need to fight for our right to be noisy and annoying, or accept that we just have to take whatever legislation this government, or any subsequent government, decides to enact. That's why this is the most important part of this bill for us. If other parts pass, we need to be able to protest about those. You'll be hearing more about this as the bill gets closer to becoming law, but we're kicking off with a live stream emergency episode on Thursday the 29th of April, 7.30pm UK time. I'll be joined by Femi Olawale, Juliet Stevenson and other special guests. And we'll try and figure out what to do to preserve our right to be noisy and annoying. Now we are starting a campaign. We've got ideas and we're going to start a campaign. So it would be great if you could be there, friends and family could be there, we are reaching across the political divide on this because anybody who wants their right to speak up needs to be concerned about this if they want to continue to live in a democracy. To get your ticket, go to momenthouse.com slash guiltyfeminist and use the promo code PROTEST in caps to get a discounted ticket if you're a frontline worker, NHS worker, student, teacher, or you're in receipt of benefits or experiencing financial hardship. Please join us to defend our right to be hashtag noisy and annoying before it's too late. And finally, as lockdown lifts, it looks as if we are going to be able to record some new episodes in front of real live audiences again. Our first show back with a live but socially distanced audience is going to be Monday the 17th of May, once more at King's Place in London at 7.30pm. Get your tickets now by going to kingsplace.co.uk. All of these events and more can be found on our website, guiltyfeminist.com, or check out the links in our show notes. And while we're talking about human rights.
3: So (laughs) these are thoughts that I've written down in the past little while until I get to do stamp up again. It's exciting for me. So for this lockdown, right, uh, my boyfriend is down in the keyboard and I've developed an eye infection. Like that is the extent of my creative endeavor. The other day I uh, put some moisturizer on my eye by accident and it stung quite a bit. And I just thought, why not keep it in just to see how it feels for a little while? Because I just wanted to feel a bit different, which is uh, very effective. Um, oh, yeah, this is it. So I've decided to grow my own food to save money on food. And I've grown uh carrots and tomatoes and potatoes and i looked oh, yeah. at on my balcony no i, I swear to god I'm, I'm living my real life farmville dreams like you know farmville has just been like uh taken down and i was like, i'm just gonna go for it real life so i'm growing stuff on my balcony and i got like um some tomatoes on the go some strawberries wow it's uh yeah and i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna live off the land which is my balcony and uh, no. I'm gonna save so much money on uh, food. I realized I spent two hundred quid on gardening stuff,
0: so <laughs> that food is
3: not worth it. Like the the supermarket exists for a reason; it's a very good thing. <laughs> like stuff for fifty p, you can't beat that. I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna uh, save money growing stuff. And also, it just gives me an anxiety about stuff dying around me. I didn't think I needed before you know I have that with my relatives I don't need it with stuff I buy or I'm just worried about them dying all the time (laughs) um also I've taken up like physical activity I've been doing Zumba online which has been good fun I realized before I was always curious about Zumba I always wanted to do Zumba but I was scared because I had heard a rumor that um, Scientologists are involved in Zumba and that they will try and recruit you through Zumba. So I never did Zumba in the real world. Is that true? Well, you see, I don't think it is. To be honest with you, Deborah, this is the thing with me, right? You could tell me the, a whiff of a rumour to stop me doing physical activity and I will believe it. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: like that's my thing. I realize patriarchy I never... invented walks. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
3: <laughs> like, you know, aerobics is very problematic. I don't know how, but I've heard it is. So I, I don't do it. And uh, yeah, I I just realized that like number one, I am a person that went into a Scientology office because I had a half an hour to kill and just wanted to see what the videos were like, you know. And so I'm not that afraid of being a Scientologist. I like yeah. that. I felt like oh Zumba would recruit me, but going into their office would be fine.
0: <laughs> I'm fine. I've got a strong, steely mind. I could go into the offices and take the personality test in vertical commas. But Zumba, I don't think so. No Zumba. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm I'm vulnerable.
3: Like <laughs> uh, you know, I would do anything probably to stop doing physical activity. Maybe that's what they do. But like yeah. <laughs> By the way, don't like uh, I definitely definitely don't know. That Scientologists are involved with Zumba and like you know it's it's just about me believing rumors rather than uh, be smirching Zumba, but I love it online. I love it, and I kind of hate that people are right. That exercise does feel good. Like mm. do you know do you know when you're sweating you feel the endorphins and you're like oh yeah. that wanker was right because it's yeah. always said by a wanker you know oh you feel great you feel great and I hate it when they're right I hate it when they're right do you know like going to the gym is a lot like watching and this is a very deep. Cut, but it's like watching a Michael Haneke film Like uh, Michael Haneke is this Austrian director Who every time It's 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 just very intense To watch uh. his films And I'm all the time Like I go I'm not in the mood to watch it And then you know I do it I watch it and then I'm like oh this is great I should watch this I should watch a lot more of his films Would be a lot more enriching But then it is like the gym You know you think straight after the gym You're like I should do this all the time and then you're like, oh, I've done my bit, you know, and you don't do it mm-hmm. for weeks after. So this is uh, a, <laughs> this is how I feel. Um, oh yeah, this is the other thing, Deborah. I realised when I was a kid, I'm still afraid of dying, but when I was a kid, I was afraid of dying. But I thought if I became famous, then I would kind of live forever because I used to read like the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I love the biology section where you're listening, you're reading about uh, people that have done good or people that have done. Not even good things, but like big things. And I was like, "Well, if I do that when I'm older, and if people remember me after I died, then it wouldn't be like I die." But like to be honest with you, life has hit me hard so much that my my expectations for that have gone down. And I think like I would just like a sandwich named after me at this stage. <laughs> That's what I would like,
0: and, uh, The Alison Spittle. The Alison Spittle. What would can, be on the Alison Spittle?
3: It's a brown demi baguette roll mm. with uh cheese mm. uh, stuffing chicken if, if yeah. you're vegetarian you don't have to have chicken but it needs to be stuffing cheese and coleslaw that that tree way and it needs to be like hollowed out and you that would be that the spill. yeah you'll have a full chicken but I've had it without I was a vegetarian and I used to get uh, I used to get my uh my cafeteria to make me that but that that is, is the Allison's bill and that is my role and that's what I would like to do I think like you just need to when you're older your ambitions go down and now yeah. like, I just want a role named after me and it's perfect. What, so if you true. were a sandwich, what
0: would you be cut? Cool? What would you be in you, Deborah? John Ham? Hey. <laughs> <Yay>. Yes.
3: <laughs> I'm, so,
0: I'm slightly hoping. I talk about Lola's lashes a lot, the magnetic eyelashes, because they've changed my life. Okay. And, would you like put a sandwich? On, I can't put on faux lashes, but I can do the magnetic ones with the magnetic eyeliner and Lola's lashes. I, I don't work for them, but Grace yeah. Petrie now secretly thinks I'm Lola and I'm pushing my lashes because I talk about them so much. <laughs> I'm not, but I'd love Lola's lashes to name a lash the guilty feminist. That would be like, I'm a feminist, but I'd rather have fake eyelashes named after me than a sandwich.
3: That's fair. <laughs> I mean, that's the most ever Francis White sentence I've ever heard in my life as well. That's beautiful. That's it's beautiful.
0: No, I want the glamour. glamour. <laughs> I want a lipstick named after me. I want a lipstick named after me. I want a cocktail named after me. I don't really want a sandwich. But I'll take it. God, if there's a deli deli out there wanting to do the Guilty Feminist, the Guilty Feminist sandwich is probably something like light mayo. It's like Mm -hmm. your kind of, do you know what I mean? It's like something that's got like a touch of the, oh, I mustn't about it. Yeah, you need like, I think that light mayo, maybe if you hide a jalapeno pepper
3: in as well, so you don't Mm. know when you're going to get it and then it's (laughs) there it will be like
0: a little landmine or something, just a little jalapeno pepper what in the do you mean? There's like a mini phallic symbol in there?
3: Yes, yeah, yeah. Because it's a guilty feminist. <laughs> also enjoyable. Like, enjoyable, very enjoyable, very enjoyable. Oh yeah, and this is the other thing. So I've kind of um, I've given up Twitter. I am addicted. I fully am addicted to Twitter. Like someone told me today about the Jedward boys. And I was like, I have to see. I have to see them. Like the Jedward boys at the moment are calling out people on Twitter. it's beautiful. But it's making me kind of reassess what I tweet. Like, like. You've come
0: off Twitter. So you're not tweeting anything.
3: Well, like I tweet Wheel of Misfortune stuff. You know, I keep promoting stuff, but I don't tweet my opinions. And that's really I hard because I've got so many opinions on stuff. Like, who am I going to tell Deborah that I love every one of the Gogglebox families, even the ones I suspect of being Tories? Like, I love them so much. Uh, that's how I feel. So I, I have this. I'm going to save up all the tweets that I want to say and then yes. bring them to you.
0: Oh fantastic. You've been my Twitter vessel did you did you message me yes the other day saying who am I gonna tell my that I think I love all the goggle boxes even the even the ones I think are Tories who Who am I gonna say that to my boyfriend once? <gasps> oh yes. I Did I say that on The guilt Feminist before I must have? No, you said it to me, I think. You said it to oh me my in private. And I was just laughed and laughed at the idea of, who am I going to say it to? My boyfriend once? That's like, true. that's going to be good enough? <laughs> yeah, like, it's
3: not, you know, I am the person that seeks the validation of strangers. Like, I have to admit that so yeah it's it's a journey it's a journey for me and uh but i really enjoyed my time being on the Guild feminist twitter page and like i love all the listeners and the interactions we have but it's too much for me i'm just i am addicted it does take away
0: time for me so bad oh yeah time and energy and focus and it's all oh. it, it, it makes you small it sort of like puts you down a little tunnel keeps yeah. you on your phone doing this when you need to be out and up and big that's so true big vision that's, that, this is
3: why I love being friends with you, Deborah. Like, you know, you make me feel big. Yeah. 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 But that's, that's all the bits I have, I think. Alison
0: Sprittle, everybody. Um, can you tell us your favourite listener voice note for The Wheel of Misfortune?
3: There's one, this is out of the, the piss episode. A man got very, very drunk. He was at a house party. And uh, he went into this uh, bathroom and he's taking a leak. And then he looked at the floor. He's like, why are there loads of carrots on the floor? And then he felt a hand on his shoulder. And uh, the owner of the house was shouting, at him, stop pissing in my fridge. And uh, it turned out he was he was pissing in a man's fridge. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst story I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Oh,
3: babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, that is a faux
0: pas. You know, you do leave the house in disgrace if you piss in someone's fridge. I'm excited to listen to more. Uh, mm. I do think it's probably doing me good. I'm a little bit like, I wish I could release those sides of me and go, it's only human bodily functions. What does it matter? But I find it hard. I do find it hard and I know it's conditioning. I know it's social conditioning of what ladies should like and what ladies should talk about. And so yeah. I uh, I use your show as a as a sort of conduit to release some of those uh those repressions. So thank you very much for doing it, Alison Spittle. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you have been listening to The Guilty Famless with me, Deborah Francis White guest co-host Alison Spittle and our very special guest, Fern Brady. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon and the chiefs was Tom Solitsky for the spontaneous shop. Thanks to Rachel Profman, Una DCO and everyone who made this episode happen, as well as all of you for listening information about this and other episodes visit guiltyfeminist.com to the tattoo is they follow you and hardly anyone else on twitter i see i see does your you about about this? We could... <laughs>
3: look i've, got a, la- I've got a laminated list and it's just jedward both of them though at the same time that's what it would have to be it was were they tweeting about have
2: we started the podcast by the way so I'll yeah. ask. Oh, yeah. right. I was going to say like <laughs> I was going to talk about this something is, like... this
0: is the guilty feminist and you're on it whatever <laughs> you say we can having... <laughs> and will be held against you in the feminist court of opinion <laughs> so... court of public I thought we opinion. were going to practice <laughs> uh, <he's... laughs> I can see the emails flying in now